thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to talk about a parable that we find there in verse 4. Summer of parables. We sat around a couple months back and we thought, about the summer, I thought about our teachings as we get, came together, and I thought, you know, I don't think we truly ever did a series on the parables. Uh, we've taught on the parables, but whether or not we actually did a whole series, at least this long, almost two months long, on the parables, I don't think we've done. So we're going to take up that challenge, and hopefully it will be revealing to us. This particular parable is probably one of the most familiar of all parables. And that is the parable of the sower, or the parable of the seed, or you could call it the parable of the soils. But in all reality, I think from now on, I'm going to call it the parable of hearing, because it has more to do with our hearing than anything else. So the challenge in this particular parable is how do we hear the Word of God, and then how do we respond to what we hear? And that's what we're going to tackle. So Luke chapter 8, beginning with verse 14, 4, I'm going to read down through verse 18. And when a great multitude had gathered there in the area of the Sea of Galilee, and there he was around the sea, and they gathered once again, they had come to him from every city. He spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and he sowed, and some fell by the wayside. And it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried. In other words, he said in a louder tone, He who has ears, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, what does this parable mean? And he said to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while, but in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard the word, go out and are choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who having heard the word with a noble or good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with, with a vessel and puts it under the bed, but sets it on a lampstand, that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore, take heed 
how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. My first approach to our study on the parables, I, I, I think in my mind it was kind of like just not believing that there was anything new that I would find in the parables. So especially this one, this is it's familiar, it's well known, we know about the soils, we've talked about it, we heard about it in the Sunday school, we've seen pictures of the, of the, of the farmer that is spreading the seed, etc., etc., etc. Matter of fact, it just comes to my mind, I remember teaching our young people several years ago, I'm talking about fourth and fifth graders in our school. And this is, a, I use this parable and illustration of the sower and seed because I believe that they would be able to comprehend this one particular parable. Now, what Jesus says about this parable is interesting. He said, if you don't understand this parable, how are you going to understand any of the parables? So I think there's a key in this particular parable that will open our understanding to many of the truths that Jesus taught, especially the ones through the parables. Now, let's see if we can get that key today. Let's see if we can find something out today that's going to help us as we approach the Word of God. Again, I'll say this. The parable is not so much about the sower, although we call it that. It's not so much about the soil. It's about, and it's not so much about the seed. It's all about hearing the Word of God. And if we go away from here, it's really not a long message at all. If we walk away from here with just a clear understanding, with our eyes being opened to, the, to what it means to really hear the Word of God, we would have accomplished what I prayed that we would accomplish. Now, when you read this particular parable, I have to say that it's, it can be real difficult for a pastor. Let me tell you why. You read this and you get an understanding from the words of Jesus himself that he said that when the Word of God is taught, only 25% of the audience actually get it. Can you see how that can kind of be a little disappointing? Lord, you mean I'm going to put in 25 hours study on this particular word that you've given me and only 25% of the people are really going to hear it? I never really had an answer back from that except what does the parable say? What does the parable say? And the truth of the matter is the parable makes it very clear that out of 100% of an audience, and this is an audience, so we that are in this particular room make up 100%. But if it be true, that means only 25% of those that are sitting here today will truly receive this word and produce fruit as a result of it. I should have not started out that way. Because it brings this silence across the room that's hard to overcome. But it's the truth. It's the truth, 25%. 25% of the people are not going to receive it for one reason. Another 25% of the people are going to re not receive it for another reason. Another 25% for another reason. And then 25% of the people will receive it with a good and a noble heart, good fertile ground. That seed will take root and produce fruit. Now, I pray that even after saying that, what I've said, that each and every one of us will kind of shake our head and say, well, that's not me. 
I pray in a way, because if you were saying it that way, let it be with these additional words. Lord, I don't believe that's me, but Lord, if it is me, then Lord, do something through this ministry this morning that will change my heart. Do something by the power of your spirit and the preaching of the word. Let me hear like I've never heard before. I'm not going to come under the condemnation or anything. I just, Lord, want to be where you want me to be. Let that be our prayer, each and every one of us. The parable is about hearing and yet not hearing. It's about seeing but not seeing. There are people who will hear but really won't hear. There are people that will see, but they, Jesus said they really don't see. They think they hear. They think they see. But in reality, they're not. It's about those who think they have heard, but have not heard. It's all about how to prepare for the teaching and the preaching and the ministry of God's word. And then how do I respond? In other words, real simple. How do I hear? And then how do I respond? If you think about that, depending on how you hear is how you are going to respond. If you hear out of a good and a noble heart that is open for whatever God wants to do in that heart this particular day through this particular message, Lord, I am totally open to whatever you want to do, even to the point, Lord, that I need correction. Do it, Lord. Lord, I, I, I need... I need this or I need that. Do it, Lord. So a, a total, humble, surrendered attitude and approach that, God, I'm not there yet. And I know I need some things in my life to change. What do you do with what you hear? Verse 5 tells us that the sower went out to sow his seed. And verse 11 says that that seed is the Word of God. So we know that the seed is the Word of God so as I speak, as anyone would speak the Word of God, as you're in your small group or in a Bible study, the person, whatever, the, the Word is the seed, and there's life in that seed. And it all depends what you do with the seed, whether or not that life continues and it bears fruit. There's life in that seed. Listen, there's life in this Word. There's life in this Word. So... So transformation is not necessarily going to happen because the word is preached and the seed is thrown out there because that's not where it happens. Where it happens is where it falls. Where does that word fall? So we're without excuse. Here's what you cannot say. It was the preacher. He just didn't bring it. You can't say that. Because no matter how it's brought, if it's the Word of God and your heart is attentive and open, whatever the Word is, could be through the dullest person in the world, but yet the Word has life itself like that seed, and if it finds a good heart, it will produce fruit. I know I'm overemphasizing the need to hear properly. It's a parable about preaching and hearing the Word of God. It's a parable about hearing. Now, there are four responses that Jesus is talking about right here. 
and this word, four kinds of soil. And, and Jesus interprets every one of the soils as four ways of hearing the word of God. So there are four ways to hear the word of God. It's all about hearing it, four ways. Let's rehearse it just for a moment. Verse 5 tells us that there's some seed or some word fell beside the road. It was trampled underfoot. The interpretation says that those beside the road, road are those who heard. Then the devil comes, takes it away, the word from their heart. So they will not believe and be saved. This is the first soil. It's, a, it's, it's hard ground or a hard heart. A heart that has been hardened through life. Disappointment. Hurt. Lots of reasons why a heart could be hurt, hardened. It just could be hardened from the very fact that someone is too prideful to admit that they need a Savior, and a heart is hardened. Now, that represented in this, this path that is here, this particular path. It talks about a path. Get in your mind this, a picture, a field. So the sower who has the seed in his bag, as they still do in Israel today, we have more modern technique, but it doesn't matter how the seed is distributed, that the sower going down through his field forms a path. Then he has to, for distance, form another path to come back down the field, and so on and so on. Those, those paths have been trodden under for hundreds of years, from one generation to another generation to another generation. They're the same paths that you find in those fields today in Israel that have been there literally for thousands of years. What happens to that ground after that much time? It gets real hard. So when the sower is throwing that seed, some of it's going to land on that path. Not all of it, but some of it from the very fact he's taking it out of the bag. It's that seed that Jesus talked about lands on a hard surface or a hard heart. So the first thing that we have to ask ourselves, Lord, do I have a hard heart? Has my heart been hardened because of whatever? And, and maybe that's why I don't feel the life that should come, that people talk about when they talk about their Christianity and their faith in Jesus, what Jesus can do. I, I just don't feel anything. It's just, maybe it's just a hardness. Something has to happen to break up that soil. Verse 6 says that there are other seed that fell on rocky soil. As soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. The interpretation that rocky soil is this. When they hear, they receive the word with joy, and these have no firm root. They believe for a while, and in a time of temptation, fall away. So the soil is there. So it looks like good soil from the surface, but underneath it, maybe two inches down, three inches down, four inches down, what matter? There might be a big rock formation, big slab of rock. There might be rocks there. That seed goes down for a period of time, it hits that, and then it doesn't go any further. That, that, that rock is still there, that soil is still there. And then in a time of temptation, and how many people that they come, and I, I, I wanna tell you, without exaggeration, I have stood alongside thousands of people in the last 45 years who have come to these altars or another altar or in a personal witness that they received the word and you don't really know. You really believe they received it and they have received it and there's a great joy in that life. I mean, they are leaping for Jesus. 
They're so excited, they go out and they begin to share their excitement. And before long, and it's not very long for some, they're not around anymore. And then you hear that they're back doing what they used to do before. What happened? Well, temptation came. Something they used to do that at that moment they gave it up when they received Christ. They saw a better way, a better life that comes through dedication and surrender to Him. But when they were back with the group and with their peers or when the temptation come to just, they just, it was too much for them and they went back. Not much root there. Verse 7 says that there are other seed that falls among the weeds, if you will, the seed fell among thorns. And so the seed is planted. And maybe the weed wasn't really there in the beginning, but the seed of the weed was still there. And they grew up together. And he identifies this as the cares and worries and riches and pleasures of this life. They don't bring their fruit to maturity. So they, they receive Christ on one hand, so they got one foot in Christ, yet they haven't given up the world. They haven't given up the pleasures of the world. Or, so their desires haven't changed to being 100% committed to Christ and allow Him to take care of all your needs. No, it's like, well, I've committed my heart to Christ, but I sure like these pleasures over here. So they're still seeking after. And you know what comes with seeking pleasures and being driven for physician and financial stability? There are a lot of worries. So all they're thinking about is these things rather than 100% of saying, God, I give it up to you. No, they still got the world. The world and Christ. And they're trying to live that way. But here's what happens. Eventually, that seed will be choked. The world's going to win out. The weeds, how many know if you don't keep those weeds under control, they're going to win out? You got to get it early. You got to deal with it early. You got to cut it off early. And if you don't, they grow up together. And before you know it, the good seed is smothered. So we have to ask ourselves, God, is there worldliness still in my life? Do I, do I like the idea that I can call myself a Christian and I know you, Christ, and yeah, I know you're real, but is there a worldly heart that I have? Because here's what I've seen happen. I've seen people that in that particular situation, I thought about this last night after I preached it, that in that particular situation, that seed is growing, but it's choked out and dies. For some reason, that person comes around again, and they hear it, the seed once again begins to grow, but it's choked out because they never really cut it off. So they keep going back and forth and back and forth, between, and they call themselves Christians, but that's where it says over and over, they seem to have heard they seem to have heard. You would think that they heard. It looks like they heard. To the outside, it looks like they heard. But inside, their heart is just full of all kind of things of the world. Real quiet in here. Verse 8 says, good soil. Fell on good soil. And that good soil is defined like this. An honest, good, noble I mean, it's a humble heart. It's a teachable heart. 
It's a, it's a hungry heart that hungers for God and hungers and hangs on every word that is spoken. And that person is growing and multiplying and changing leaps and bounds. And, and you see it, it's almost like you see the person that had a whole lot of joy in the beginning, but they fall off the edge. This person just keeps growing and growing and growing. And you look at their life, and they're certainly not what they used to be. But more than that, they're producing fruit. They've got this joy unspeakable, full of glory. they got a peace that passes all understanding. They, they, they have love that, that just surpasses everybody else you run into. They just love, and, and you see this fruit in their life. That's the fourth kind of hearing, which is a good heart. Now, the end of verse 8, Jesus makes sure that we're getting the point about hearing. He says, he who hears has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, he's not talking about these ears here. The ones that hang on the side of your head, that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about a different kind of ear. So what kind of ear is he talking about? A spiritual ear, a heart ear. So they're hearing with this spiritual ear. They're not hearing in the natural. And because of the, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in their life, you know, it, and it's, it's continually dealing with pride so pride doesn't hinder us, but humbling ourselves before God that keeps that heart and that so the seed can keep finding fertile ground and there's more seed, more fruit, more seed, more fruit. Now notice in this particular one, it's brought out in three Gospels, by the way. One of the Gospels says 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 and 100. This one just says 100 fold. Do you know what, a far, what, this, what this would do for a farmer if he could produce 100 fold on his crop? I mean, this guy would be in hog heaven. I mean, he would be a happy, happy camper if you would. So it's spiritual ears. So we ask ourselves, Lord, do I have that kind of heart? Is that the ears? Do I listen through spiritual ears? Lord, and, and I'll get to this a little while. And, yeah, Lord, have I prepared myself to hear with spiritual ears? Or Lord, am I just, I've been living here with my physical ears all week long. Have I prepared myself to really turn on those spiritual ears? And hear the word of God? Have I done something? Ears that hear and are moved. Person's life is moved. Hearing and it's transforming effect on someone's life. Sometimes you hear and you're moved to tears. It's happened to me many times. I've seen it happen a lot. Of, sometimes people hear and they're filled with joy. They're encouraged, and they'll say, man, I was so encouraged, the word, and it, not necessarily from here, but through that Bible study or a Bible school lesson or a Sunday school, something like that. Man, I heard something today that just ministers. Sometimes we hear and we're convicted. In other words, it's just something we hear. God, and, and you, you kind of feel bad for a moment, which is conviction comes on you, and, but the conviction is to lead you to repentance which leads you to deliverance and freedom to be everything God wants you to be. Sometimes we hear and we're challenged. There's some things and steps that we need to take in our life that are going to help us produce more fruit. So preaching is not the issue. The issue is hearing. 
And each soil is described in a different kind of hearing. Now I want to jump to verse 18. Now for the rest of this message now, it's going to get away from what we normally hear about this parable of the sower and the seed and the soils, and now about the hearing. Verse 18. So Jesus said this, so take heed or care how you listen. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. Strange verse. So someone who has, Jesus said, I'm going to give them more. Now, this is not the only time Jesus said something like this. To the person who has, I'm just going to give them more. What does that mean to us? I think it's real simple, though. It's this. A person who has had a good and noble, open, teachable, humble heart and really receives and begins to produce fruit, Jesus sees that. They gain an understanding, and they are so hungry that Jesus will come back around again and give them more. Then they get more understanding, and because they have more understanding, Jesus comes back around and gives them more. That's why you look at some people's lives, and they're just moving along in their faith. They're seeing God move in a tremendous way because Jesus, you can't outgive God. So as they're giving and, and receiving and giving and receiving, God's giving back, he's giving back. And listen, the life is, is it's an abundant life that Jesus talks about. So I came to give an abundant life. And there are a lot of people, and I, the bigger percentage. Now, you say, is that true in every situation? Let me just take you back a little bit to Jesus' ministry. Thousands of people. Up to 20,000 people at one time came to see Jesus. We're told there were 5,000 men, which means there were 5,000 women at least, which are, means there are at least 10,000 children. Just a whole lot of children that he supported. But whether, whether it be 15 or 20,000, there were the masses of people to follow Jesus. And Jesus was saying in this parable that of all those masses of three and a half years of ministry, is it true that 20, 25% of those that are heard really will produce fruit? If you examine Jesus' ministry, the percentage is even lower. When he gets to the Gospel of John and he begins to speak about the bread of life and about his body being broken and giving, given totally up to him, it says that everyone left him except the 12 disciples. How would you like that happen to you? You had an audience, they all got up, they all left, and 25% of the people hung around. Or just the 12 were there at that time. Jesus said there are two roads in life. You know, there's that broad road. I mean, it's wide, and there are a whole lot of people on it. You know what the Bible says? There are a whole lot of people on that road that leads to destruction. Wow. That's not a kind of lift-me-up type message. He said there's a narrow road. He said, there are not very, very many people on that road, but that's the road that leads to everlasting life. I don't know about you, but I'll take the narrow road. If that leads to everlasting life, and not only does it lead to everlasting life in the future, to me, it's the abundant life right now. That narrow road is not narrow in God denying us. No, that narrow road is just a road that very specifically you become God, he becomes yours, and you walk down that path, and there's so much joy. You can't talk about the things that you and the Lord are doing together. You can't even explain it in the natural. 
You're so excited. You ever get excited about something and you try to share it with someone else and they kind of go, uh-huh. You got to guard yourself, you know? You really do because, you see, there are some times when God's just dealing with you, ministering to you, encouraging you, lifting you up, and you go to tell it even to your best friend. They don't get it. It's one of those ah moments with God that you have. But it happens. Now, if you have ears to hear, and if you have a good and honest heart, then you will be given understanding and you will be given life of fruitfulness. And I want that life of fruitfulness. But if you do not have ears to hear, and you do not have good soil, then even what you think you have will be taken away. That's why people, this is where I believe the deception comes in. They think they have something, and they really don't have it. They really don't have it. They think they have all that, that God, and, and they cut themselves short because of all the other reasons what the soil describes. Taken away by the devil or trials or worries or cares. Now, here's the big issue, and here's what I want to get to. And I'll tell you, without exaggeration, if I've read this parable once, I've read it 100 times. If I've taught on it, I've taught on it at least 30, 40 times. Taught on this parable. And I never saw what I'm going to share with you. Truthfully. It's something I never put together before. Let's go to verses 16 and 17 if you're looking at it. 16 and 17. It's the parable. And if you have a red letter addition to your Bible, you'll find out that all these words that I just, from 4 to 18, are all in red, meaning Jesus is speaking them all. So it's all one teaching. Okay. He finishes what you think is the parable. When he finishes talking about the soils, he jumps to 16 and he says this. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. Now, Jesus, where are you going, man? You just got sidetracked somehow. You're, you're rambling now. You were talking about fruit. You are talking about soils. Now all of a sudden you're talking about a lamp and a light. Did he really change his message or teaching? No. Here's why. Notice that Jesus is saying the fruit that is mentioned in 15 is the light that is mentioned in 16. Both the fruit and the light mean the same thing here. So when Jesus says, if you have your light, if you lighten your lamp, don't hide it because there's a purpose for that light so that it's up and shines so that anyone entering in can see their way or they can see that particular light. And Jesus is just, the same thing is true about fruit. So when he's talking about this person who's producing fruit, a, a, a life that, that is radiant in a way where their life has changed. They're, they're not saying the things they used to say. They're not thinking the, the way they used to. They're not reacting to people the same way. There's something about them that's different. So what is it? They're a changed life or fruit is being produced in their life, but not just fruit. They're beginning to shine more for Jesus because of the changes that are happening in their life. So Jesus is relating this parable of fruit to light. 
And what does the Bible say? Let your light so shine before men that they might see your what? Good deeds and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So again, the fruit and the light are the same. Let them see those good deeds which is the fruit of your life. Now the danger in not hearing the way we ought to hear is that we're really not shining when we think we should be shining. You could share the gospel with someone, but if your life says something else, you got a problem. Because that person's walking away with more doubt in God than ever. Ooh. Is it possible that many of us are hurting people and don't even realize it? We're saying we know Jesus. We serve Jesus. We love Jesus. We had a good time. And yet we go back and we do the same things that we did before, hanging around with the same crowd, and you're trying to tell them about Jesus. You're putting more doubt in their mind about God than if you left them alone. Ouch. That's why it's a big issue. It's about hearing and how you hear. That's why it's important that we be diligent in hearing. We be diligent in allowing God to, to break up the hardness in our heart, to remove, the, you know, to, that our roots go deeper, remove the worldliness from our heart so we can truly be a lamp that is worthy of being put on a lampstand that when people do see it and they walk away, I tell you the first thing, here's what brought me to Jesus. No one told me about Jesus. I, this is what brought me. I came to my brother's wedding. First time I was in Colorado, 1971, and I saw my brother. He was getting married. The last time I saw him, he was living in a tree. He was a hippie. He was strung out on drugs. He couldn't even think. He couldn't put two words together to make a sentence. That's the last time I saw him, and now I see him, and his mind is clear. He is healed. He's been delivered. He is producing fruit in his life. He's marrying a gal that's a good gal, and I walked away from that. Here's what I walked away with. Something happened there. And my first prayer was this. I didn't know how to pray at all. Never, never prayed. I didn't know how to pray. I looked up to heaven, believing that's where God is. And I said, God, if you're real, then you give me what they have down there. I was in the mountains here in Estes Park. Give me what they have down there at that little church. That's the only prayer that I prayed. What did I want? What was I longing for? What did I see? I saw changed life. I saw a healed life. I saw a transformed life. I saw freedom I never saw in my brother's eyes. And all I saw before was destruction. Devil tearing me apart. I didn't identify it as that, but that's what he was doing to my life. My point being is, what brought me to Christ? There was a lamp that was on top of a lampstand. There was someone who had that heart that was receiving and growing, receiving and growing, receiving and growing, that eventually brought me. And then the story goes on and on and on and on. How will this world be changed unless we have more people with fertile hearts? I think it's worth our time to say, God, I've got to do something with my heart. That lamp is lit is the Word of God. Your life becomes a, li a life of light, faith, joy, good deeds.
Don't hide it. Share it. Now, I'm going to go a little bit deeper, all right? Take one more thought. Oh, it's early. Sure you can. I got time for 10 more thoughts. One more thought. Here's the thought. Here's how important it is that we be honest, sincere hearers of the Word of God. Here's how important it is. First of all, it's just what I talked about, the salvation of mankind. People see the gospel spreading. I'll tell you how else. The success of how the Word of God spreads in the world depends on how you hear. But the success of bringing glory to God depends upon how you hear. Because over in the Gospel of John, he talks about fruit, bearing fruit. And he said, the reason it's important that you bear fruit, that my Father will be glorified. John 15. How is God glorified? I want to tell you, it's not how many the crowds that you draw. It's not how much money you make. It's not a position that you have. It's none of those things. What glorifies God is just that you have a noble, good heart that's producing fruit. And there's only one way you can do that. You can't do it on your own. It's submitting in humility to the work of the Spirit of God to change your heart and be everything that God wants you to be. Listening And hearing is a high calling. It's not one that should be taken lightly. It's not one that should be laughed about, but it's one that we should be serious about. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.